Hello and welcome to Relationship Rescue, the podcast. Every relationship begins with you. I'm so excited you're here today. How are you? Okay, so today we're going to talk about the inner critic. And, you know, where did that inner critic come from? Because the inner critic is what sabotages our life. Um, And while we all have an inner critic, it sometimes presents itself, herself, himself in different ways. You know, I've talked about it before that my biggest issue with any inner voices is the one that says, don't relax, don't relax, you can't sit down, you need to keep moving, you need to keep doing more, 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 more. But what happens is, see, what on a, on a journey of self-discovery, which is, you know, heal doesn't mean everything's perfect. Heal doesn't mean everything's great all the time. You're going to get triggered. You're going to just base, basically what I call maintenance it's just maintenance forever, right? Which is just continually growing and, and learning more ways to be see things from a positive way, a new perspective and things. But um, self-discovery is also really about, let's stop looking at what's wrong with us and let's start looking um, what's right with us. You know, it's discovering who we are and how we work. So you, in order to do that, you have to put the judgment aside as, you know, you can explore all of these amazing things within yourself. And that is when you can learn to live with honesty, choice, freedom, you know. So the inner critic is a bit of a mirror kind of that makes us see a distorted picture. It's like if you ever went to the carnival, the circus, or not the circus, but the carnival or any type of thing, and you know those mirrors that show your figure like really long or really short, really fat, really skinny, that is your inner critic. It's showing you something inside of you that it, it wants you to think you are, but you are not. And where does what, what would you call that? It's the unaware ego. The unaware ego is the that the ego that's protecting those beliefs that say I am fat, I'm not good enough, I'm not this, I'm not whatever it is that you, those limiting core beliefs that you have. Um, well, basically what we want to do is take the unaware ego and create an aware ego. The aware ego is who you really are. That's, that's, those are the positive, you know, thoughts that's coming from your true self, not coming from the judgmental part. Um, you know, in this inner critic and all of these things, it, it develops early in our lives. And it's from absorbing the judgments of all the people around us and the expectations of how we should live based on other how other people tell us to live, based on how other people tell us who we should be with, who we should not be with, who we should, what job we should have, what job we should not have, what path we should take, what path we should not take. And all of those decisions are yours and yours alone. But when you're being covertly controlled by the unaware ego, the, you know, the injured inner child that's trying to protect you, basically, the the, the self-critic is going to come in and sabotage your life. So um, it's the inner critic is the voice when, within us that criticizes where um, uh, ourselves, right? And the judge... You have a judge or, you know, you have an actual judge inside of you also. That's the one that judges and criticizes other people consistently and constantly. And um, so we, we wear these different um, 
costumes, right? And it doesn't matter. So it doesn't matter better if I'm working with people in the UK, in Europe, in Australia, in Canada, the United States, wherever. Everybody has this inner critic that's present. No matter where you live, no matter what your culture is, no matter what color of the skin you are, what religion you are, the inner critic is there. And um, basically, the content, whatever you criticize yourself for consistently, um, varies based on your value system, your moral system. What are your values and your morals? And that's what you have to start digging into. What do you value? What 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 are what is your moral compass? You know, so ma no matter how much you try, you can never please that inner critic. Ever, ever, ever. You will never be good enough. So think about it when when you're criticizing yourself. Whose voice are you hearing? Is it the voice of a parent, of bullies, of peers, of coworkers? I don't know. You, you're gonna know though. Think about start writing down every time you criticize yourself. Whose voice is that? Every time you judge somebody else. Whose voice is that judging? Um, and, and so basically, this inner critic has had, it's been broadcasting. It's like this live broadcast every single day. Here I am. We're, we're, we're starting again. And just call that station crazy because it's going to drive you crazy and it is crazy. And so, you know, you, 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 every time, so let's say you go to the kitchen. It's midnight. And, oh, I don't know, you decide to eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, okay? And I know if you're in Europe, you don't, you, my UK clients don't eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. They're like, what the hell is that? But just let's, for the sake of it, peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And, oh, that inner critic really starts to tear you down. It tells you how terrible you are, what a slob you are, how you have no self-control. And it tells you that you're a blimp and it hates you and it's disgusted by you. And the litany of sins can go on endlessly and endlessly. And soon the act of eating two peanut butter and jelly sandwiches has become the most major crime against fucking humanity. How dare you eat these two peanut butter and jelly sandwiches at midnight? You are a pig. Now, that's the voice that stops all growth. How can you possibly work on a food issue, a binge eating issue, when that voice has made your midnight party into a crime against humanity? It makes us feel so bad and we are so humiliated and shamed that it becomes a major problem. You know, one of the things I say to people, and I've written it and I know you've heard me say it before, that if you can't be a positive factor, a positive influence in another person's life, don't be in their life. Because you know what? We have enough uh, issues with criticizing ourselves. We hate ourselves enough. We don't need you to tell us how bad we are. We don't need you to tell us how pathetic we are. We don't need you to tell us what pieces of shit we are. We say that enough. So if you can't be a positive influence in somebody's life, get out of their life. If you can't, if you are in a relationship with somebody that's consistently putting you down, that's consistently making you feel like shit, you either need to start healing whatever it is that feels you deserve it or get out. Right? It's all because that inner critic destroys us enough. And so when you have somebody in your life telling me, telling you how grateful they should be for you and that you that you're just a piece of garbage basically, get whatever, and and you're in a critic, you have no room for growth. You will not grow. You will stay stagnant. 
You will never become the person you're supposed to become because not only are you putting yourself down, not only do you believe you're ugly, not only do you believe you're worthless, not only do you believe you're not good enough, now you have people around you or the, your person, the person you love and that's supposed to love you, telling you how worthless you are. So what, what you know, what is, what, what, what's the, how do you possibly let go of shame? How do you possibly, you can't, you can't, you know, and that's why, what's my tagline? And I say this every time I do a podcast, every relationship begins with you and that's the truth. And so if every relationship begins with you, guess what? It's how you see yourself. Because if you hate yourself, you throw hate onto others. Remember, you only have to, to give to others what you have inside of you to give. So if you have hate and anger, you hate and give anger to other people. And that is indicative of, whoa, slow down. And if you are with somebody that's just giving you hate and anger or, or you know, um, not love, then that's, what's wrong? That's when you have to say, okay, is this working for me? Because every relationship begins with you. So whatever you, if you honor yourself, then you don't let others dishonor you. If you don't honor yourself, then you allow others to dishonor you and you dishonor others. And the inner critic keeps the voice going and going and going. See, no matter what the motivation for parents are, and I've, and I've seen this, and I've done it, I've criticized, right, is this, is that there is something wrong with you. Every time we criticize our children negatively in a negative way, and so I want you to think about this. It, there's a difference between criticism and help and loving help, right? So when you, you're telling people over and over, there's something wrong with you, there's something wrong with you. And now what happens is when you're a child and you hear all of these things, you take those voices with you in your head and you listen to that voice over and over and over again. So and it can sound like a many, many different ways, many different voices. It can say, the trouble with is you is. And usually it will, start, it will start out with the trouble with you is. You're ugly. Nothing you ever do will help. You're not lovable. Nobody likes you. You're selfish. You're mean. You're flawed. You're dreadful. You're fat. You're flabby. You're too short. You're getting old. That outfit is wrong. You look ridiculous. You have no talent. You're boring. You shouldn't have said that. If you didn't work twice as hard as everyone else, something like you would never make it. You're this. You're that. You're that. And it just keeps going on and on and on. And, you know, and one of the inner critics' favorite words, the favorite words you're going to hear is mistake, mistake, mistake. And, so when you're when you so when I want I want you to start searching you know when you hear yourself criticizing yourself there's certain um, um, language that you can really realize okay this is um, my inner critic voice which is mistake is a big one that is a big one also you are what's going to come after the you are so how do how do we take the you are and turn it into something positive right so if you take a positive a, a negative thought and you turn it so an automatic negative thought and turn it into what i call a pet which is a power positive empowered thought how does that work so it goes from you are the inner critic you are this you are that to i am right so instead of saying 
you know, like a third person, you're a piece of garbage, you're worthless, you're this, it's I am, you know what, I am worthy, I am lovable, I am this, I am that. Now, affirmations alone aren't going to work, but it's a start. So, you got to work, so what's, what's symptom? What's the word symptom mean? Well, um, it's a, it's, it's a symptom of something else. It's a symptom of the bigger problem, right? So, if you have, um, an autoimmune disorder, you have this. So, oh, let's just use COVID, right? So a symptom of COVID is a headache. A symptom of the flu is a fever or whatever it is. A symptom of leukemia is this. They're all symptoms. Well, what's a symptom? I want you to think about it this way. What's a symptom of an inner critic? What's a symptom of the judgment? The symptom is, um, guess what? Overeating. It's a symptom of yourself telling you you're a worthless, you're unworthy, you're not smart. That's a symptom. A symptom is also over-exercising. A symptom is coping mechanisms, drinking too much. What? Why? Silence the brain. Cut the anxiety out. Those are all symptoms. The need for others becomes codependency. My biggest symptom of needing to feel loved, codependency. It's a symptom. And so basically what it is, is that a symptom, a coping mechanism, proves very helpful to people who are what? Combating certain kinds of, you know, um, behaviors, inner critic voices, all of those things. And then your inner critic uses everything you do, even though it's telling you how worthless you are and you then become, you know, the binge eater or whatever it is, then that, then here's the key. Here's the key. It takes those symptoms and then uses them against you, even though it drove you to believe this crap, right? So now it's going to say, oh, you're you're eating peanut butter and jelly? Oh, you are just a fat slob. You're just a piece of shit. Okay, so everybody has a hard time believing this. Is the inner critic actually wants you to be okay. It wants you to make it in the world. It wants you to make enough money. It wants you to be loved. It wants you to be acceptable, you know, and feel accepted. It wants you to have a family. It wants you to do everything right. It just doesn't know when to stop. It doesn't understand that it's not protecting you from a belief system that is outdated. It doesn't understand that it's actually infiltrating every portion of your life, checking you out in every detail, minute by minute, for your imperfections and your weaknesses. So, what you know, what can you do? Well, you got to stop it, right? So, because what does the inner critic kill? Well, first of all, it kills your creativity. How can you try, possibly try anything new? How can you try, possibly try to be different when? Everything you are told is that you're worthless and you're a piece of shit and everything you do is wrong. Hmm. Well, guess what? It's the biggest source of low self-esteem, low confidence. How can you have high self-esteem and high confidence when somebody's telling you consistently what a piece of shit you are? How worthless you are. You're nothing. You take up space. You do this, you do that, right? Well, guess what? It's the biggest source of shame. It finds every aspect of you unsatisfactory. And it makes you sad. What's depression? Depression is a word for sadness. Deep sadness. Deep, deep sadness is depression. And it makes you sad. So it's it's one of your primary selves that comes from, you know, all of the um, 
all of those beliefs from the childhood wounding, from what you were told over and over and over about yourself. So what does it turn you into? Uh, possibly the, the pleaser. You know what? Let me please you. If I please you, if I do everything I, you ask me to do, maybe you're going to love me. You won't leave me. You won't abandon me. So now you become a pleaser. You try to please. And who do you try to please mostly? The ones that abuse you. Who do you also try to please mostly? The people that are unpleasable. Or you become a rule maker, right? You, you are going to make up rules of what this person should be, what that person should be, and what that, you know, and those, if they're not that, they're unacceptable. And so then you're looking around, you know, going, okay, I'm going to now become the pusher. I'm going to push you, which is me. I have the pusher in me. Do more, do more. What's the pusher's job? To get you to achieve, to meet goals, to keep me moving forward in life, right? But it's never satisfied. And I deal with that voice every fucking day, almost. Never satisfied. Do more, do more, do more. Which is basically criticizing myself that I'm not doing enough. That's the one voice that I struggle with. You know, just because you go through work doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. Doesn't mean you don't have to stop trying to, you know, um, silence the voices. It's about silence the voices. And so how can you silence the voices if you're living with um, a person that is constantly criticizing you and you can't? So then what else do you have? How else does it come out? The perfectionist. Oh, the perfectionist is big. You got to look, look perfect, be perfect, do perfect. And in all of these areas, you are dealing with an unaware ego. And it's a separation from your primary self, from who you really are. So the aware ego is you. It's your ability, you know what, to discover who you are, what you're meant to do. So, um, you know, I'm going to give you a few exercises to do today. And... Um, I want you to think about think about these questions about about to ask you, right? And I want you to take each statement I'm about to say and ask yourself the following questions, okay? So we're trying to figure. I'm trying to show you where your inner critic came from. It did not originate from the heavens above, okay? It just did not, okay? It comes from the judgments of people around you. So, um. Remember, I want you to first, though, you need to take a t take some statements that you consistently say about yourself, okay? And I want you to take each step statement separately. So write down some statements that you that you are consistently criticizing yourself for. Now, question number one is: Does this statement sound like somebody you know? For example, somebody says to you, um, "You're too bossy." Is this something that somebody else used to say to you consistently over and over? And when do you first remember being concerned about the this issue? This can be kind of tricky because, you know what, if it's a consistent statement you've heard over and over and over in your life, uh, the, the, where it originally came from, it doesn't really matter. But I want you to see that it's not like you just started criticizing yourself for these things. Never is it that. It do, it's not like one day you just decided you're going to criticize yourself. It always starts somewhere with somebody and you take it on. And then what do you do with that criticism? You judge others for those things. That's why you have to stop it, right? So um, now think of ways in which you were judged and you do judge other people in those same ways. 
Um, you know, think of ways, well, how did your father judge you, your mother judge you? What, are the, what were the consistent themes you've heard over and over again? And it's about learning to silence it, that these things are no longer um, helpful for your life. It's about updating the outdated system. You know, and as I say all the time, what do I tell you all the time? Over and over and over again, we were parented by imperfect parents. We were parented by imperfect parents. And by no means does it mean you have to just, you know, it's a process. But what I'm trying to show you is that a lot of things that were said to us was said in maybe trying to help, not my ways, but um, you might have had a parent that just was trying to help you. But, and, but the criticism stung and stings and it's keeping you stuck. You got to figure out where did it come from. We got to try to swap it around. So... What I want you to do is find your primary self, okay? There's there's kind of a simple and a, and, um, a very straightforward way for, for you to do this. So here's the first, one of the first ways to do it. I want you to think about somebody in your life whom you really do not like. They push your emotional buttons. And um, it's someone who might make you feel self-righteous, superior, right? Um, and... You think, I would never want to be like that. I would never want to be like this. Well, that's kind of a disowned part of you. It's, you know, maybe you've, did, you look, think about your mother-in-law. Do you judge your mother-in-law because you say, oh, she's so needy. She's such a pain in the ass. She's just, you know what, um, I can't stand it. And you are like, I'm so happy. I'm so proud of this fact that I can take care of myself. I'm so proud of it. And so what you're doing is, one of the most prime, important primary selves is the independent self. You love it that you're independent, okay? So that is an independent part of you, the independent self of you, okay? And so now what I want you to think about, this is the key to figuring it out. So remember, you're judging your mother-in-law because she's so needy. She's always looking for, you know, the rescues, this and that. So now... What that means is I want you to look at a time in your life, okay? Perhaps there was a lot of chaos in your family, right? And there was nobody that you could depend on, ever. You could not depend on anybody because as a child, nobody was, you had to figure it all out. You had to be self-sufficient. So you learned early to be self-sufficient. You learned not to depend on other people, even though you wanted to. So Maybe your mother was needy, but nobody respected her or she was a victim to your dad or whatever it is. What you were learning is that neediness is not safe. If you need others and they disappoint you, that means it's not safe to be needy. So you developed a way to protect your vulnerable, that's the vulnerable child, by basically saying, I'm going to stay strong. I'm never going to be, ever going to be dependent on anybody. But guess what, though? In, it's, it's, not, it's not helped you in many ways. Why? Because you can't feel you can't depend on anybody. And when so what happens and how what we've this there's this self-fulfilling prophecy that comes that is like, I can't depend on anybody. I'm only going to depend on myself. I can't do this. I can't do that. And we judge and we criticize ourselves if we even think about depending on somebody. And eventually everybody disappoints us and we end up stuck, right? So then, so what does that mean? That the vulnerable child that we've disowned is a part of the hurt inner child. Right, and that will criticize if you if you try to be needy, 
in any way if you try and judgmental on others. Okay, so then there's a second way to discover these disowned parts of you. Look at somebody that you actually overvalue. The somebody that makes you feel inferior. Um, and, you know, think uh, um, it's not just someone you admire, but it's somebody that makes you actually feel bad about yourself. Okay. So, oh, let's see. Let's Okay, so let's say you admire your best friend's ability to be rational and in control. So you, in contrast, you are always emotional. You're confused when something, you know, is important to you. But you wish you could be more calm, cool, collected, you know. Um, and when you're around her, you seem to actually get more emotional, more confused. So what she's showing you is that disowned part of yourself. You have disowned, you ready? This is the key. You have disowned the rational controlled part. Because at some point you would have been, but you disowned it. Well, why would you have disowned it? Because um, how is that? What happens? How is it? Well, first of all, your primary self is emotional and not controlled. But why do you think you developed it? Well, it could be emotions were basically in a family, which I know I'm saying the opposite of what you would think, but in you might have lived in a family where emotions were admired and encouraged and being in control was judged and, as, you know, and, as constricted and uptight. Or... Okay, so you thought, oh, well, if I, if, because remember, you have to fit in with your family tribe. If you don't fit in with your family tribe, you are exercised from the family tribe. So you will do whatever it takes to stay within those rules of the family. And then when you become an adult and you're not living within those rules, you're totally confused. So that is when you take that primary self and you release it and you become this other person. But when you're admiring somebody and also hating them for it, there is, that is the, what you have, you know, disconnected from. Or perhaps let's say one of your parents was totally cold and controlled. And you, don't, you did not want to be like that. And you said, under no circumstances will I be cold and controlled. So your development moves in the opposite direction. So you begin to, to separate from your primary selves. See, and so until you can figure out who you really are and get to the crux of it, get to the crux of who you are today in this moment, not the, the parts of you that you've cut off because it was not safe to be that person growing up. You're going to feel confused. You're gonna to continue to criticize yourself. Your beliefs about yourself are gonna be the same and you're gonna continue along with the anger, the hurt and the crappy relationships. Because remember, what do I say all the time? Every relationship begins with you and it's the truth. So until you can be happy within yourself and 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 really you know what we've talked about what self-love is and i'll and i'll talk about it again very soon here um you gotta silence the inner critic so you have to find out who is your primary self who have you who have you um disconnected yourself from because that is the key that is the key okay well thank you for tuning in to every relationship begins with you relationship rescue until next time um you can click the link in the um 
Oh God, in the notes section and set up a free one-on-one -on -one call. See if I can help you now. See if I can save your marriage because 99% of the time I can. And I hope you have a great day, evening, morning, wherever you are. Until next time, bye-bye.